Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with the boys that we call the three amigos. Dion, how are you? Howdy, doing great. I actually still really look forward to Tuesdays. Yeah, me too. It's a lot of fun. And Matt, how are you? Here's Dion, a reason to wake up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it actually God, reminds me what day of the week it is. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. That's that's we're we're pegging it in. I'm doing great. Yeah. Super excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the things that was really a highlight of my weekend uh, is I got a chance to speak with the uneducated economist Simon uh, Sunday morning at eight o'clock. Uh, Matt, I know you've spoken with him a couple of times. Wonderful guy. Yeah. Great and uh, really, the genesis of that discussion was. Uh, he is looking to become a real estate investor. Yep. Uh, so I had reached out to him saying, Hey, I'll give you the course for free. All I want is honest feedback. Uh, and he politely said, thank you. Um, not sure I'm ready for that. At yep. which point I said, you know what, let's have a conversation and mm-hmm. let me give you step one, step two. So you, you hear that a lot of that in the, at the end of the video, kind of buy box, all of mm-hmm. those things. But what I want to do here is I want to pull up the Excel spreadsheet right out of the course. And I want all three of us to talk about it, what it means to us, how we use it, or something similar. Basically talking to Simon, but of course we're going to publish this, thus everybody else uh, can get value out of this. Does this sound uh, does this sound reasonable? Yes, it, it does. <laughs> and I think one of the problems that kind of came up, I love the conversation. I literally, my comment on there was, I wish this went on for 12 hours because it was two powerhouses in in their realms communicating sharing their stories like they hadn't been heard so someone sitting back would go wow i ha- i didn't even remember those elements of mike's story and i've heard it this many times right but here's the problem i think we're going to have with the uneducated economist he's super smart when it comes to economics like yeah. he calls himself uneducated but the, the the theories that he puts out like to, to clearly explain things is amazing right mm-hmm. then he's going to come into real estate and the first thing we started talking about was get your buy box these are the steps but it's like when you change companies mm-hmm. no matter what you did at your last company when you come in you're the new person mm-hmm. you need to figure out the basics and the fundamentals so there were some terms like well figure out the yield until he knows what are the expenses what are the costs to acquire, like not just the down payment, but the closing costs, immediate repairs and like title, all these things that can come up. We, we really need to step back and go to him and go, OK, here's the very fundamentals. And then his brain, because it's it's so much bigger than mine, will just quickly go, OK, well, this is how you put all that to work. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think your spreadsheet's going to help, because it, it, it not only goes, here's the data, but here's where you get the data from. Yeah. Yeah, really, really simplifies it. And again, one of the things uh, I think Simon is wicked smart to to steal something from Matt that he's he's given me over the years. He's wicked smart, wicked uh, smart. but also, yeah, wicked smart. Um, I have seen over the years that become, frankly, a negative. You're, you're, you know, people that are that smart sometimes are playing 3D or 4D or whatever chess, and they're three moves ahead. And we're at step one. And if you go ahead 
in real estate investing to step three and you haven't done one and two, you're gambling. And that's how people get hurt. Uh, the other thing I've seen is people waste time. And this is, this is where I got a little <clears throat> uneasy at the end of this, because I think Simon got most of it. But then at the end, it kind of felt like he was just going to bounce around. And I'm like, I missed that opportunity. So I knew I was going to have you guys a couple of days later. So that's why this video is coming about. So uh, you guys ready to go? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the right. biggest, I think the biggest issue for Simon is the PTSD from the, from the previous crash. <clears throat> and I think it shows in life, you know, that as we experience traumatic things, it drastically resets our behaviors. Um, you know, Mike, for you and me, it was stocks, uh, yes. for Dion, for Dion, for <laughs> Dion, it was getting, for Dion, it getting was getting married. married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that that's, I, so I think that that's the biggest challenge because, you know, I've known Simon for about a year now. Um, super smart. He's gonna, he's going to be a great real estate investor. I think the biggest challenge for him is probably going to be his market. Um, cause I think all these fundamentals, I know from a fundamentals perspective, he's going to get it. And I think, and I think he gets it because we've had a number of these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that he's abs, I think he's going to absolutely crush it as an investor. I think the biggest challenge for him is, you know, he went from a foreclosure and having to deal with that in life and then buying his own home last year, which he really didn't even want to do. You know, no, he, he, basically, was, he was kind of forced. Yeah. He was, he, he was, at, cause he's just like, I can't find anything for rent. I think I have to buy a house and, and it might not be the perfect time, but I need something now. And it's kind of funny. Cause it's like one of the best decisions he's ever made in his life. It oh, was, yeah. he was completely reluctant to make the decision. So I think that I think from a numbers perspective, I think he's going to crush it. I think it really just awesome. comes down to having to deal with the inside, um, catching up with, or the, the heart dealing, you know, catching up with the head. So this is something I'm going to send Simon, not only this video, but this spreadsheet. I wanted to marry these two together so he has all three of our inputs on the spreadsheet. And I tried to try to describe this uh, at the end of the video. There really are only three sections. Uh, so we'll go through them kind of one, two, three, right? So um, again, remember, we talk about a buy box. Please write it down. Uh, you know, three bedroom, two bath in this zip code between this and this size. And then what you do in the beginning, Simon, or anybody else watching this, is you just start putting in addresses, right? And again, remember, the goal of this spreadsheet, folks, is not to buy a deal. The goal of this spreadsheet is to figure out average. So again, right, just put in the address or put in the APN number or put in whatever you want. Whatever, Make this yours, whatever your thing is, right? You know, whatever. And then what you're going to start to do, again, remember we're early in the learning process. You're just going to start putting some basic numbers, right? Okay, well, let's put the list price. You probably have a mortgage broker telling you you need to put something down. Here, the spreadsheet says 30%. If for you it's 20, make it 20. If the spreadsheet is yours. Make ready. I call it repair cost here. This is something most people are going to have to learn, but probably not Simon, right? This is Simon's wheelhouse. Uh, he he appears to be very handy. He seemed to have all those stories. Um, so again, what, what is it going to cost? Is it uh turnkey and it's zero? It's ready to rock and roll, maybe already leased, or is it a total fixer? Like I just bought and had to spend 40 grand, whatever. Then closing costs. 
a lot of people, probably Simon included, doesn't know closing costs. So estimate a couple of grand. And then remember, let's go meet people. And one of the people you should meet is Title and other investors and ask them, what is the average closing cost? What is this? What is that? And then folks, you just sum that. This is the denominator, the bottom number in what will become our yield calculation. So I'll stop there. Let you guys add to this. Um, again, make it your spreadsheet. If you want to add bedrooms and baths, go nuts. If you want to add dates, go nuts. Make it yours. What do, what do you guys have to say about step one? So the biggest takeaway for me when I took this course originally was to do the same thing, you know, take the course, give feedback. Yeah. And it's such a simple thing that I was a little frustrated that it wasn't something I was doing before finding the course. <clears throat> and so I tried to not like, put it out there because I wanted people to take the course and benefit from it the way I did. But the idea, everyone talks about comparing deals. And in our mind, that means we're thinking, okay, I've got five properties for sale in my market. I'm going to look at their prices and I'm going to look at the rents and I'm going to see which one's the best deal. And that's not what my takeaway with from this was. No. It was take one property, list it five or six times, yes. change the down payment, change the purchase price, change the interest rate, change the closing cost. So that was the first thing was, realizing that you can look at the elements of a purchase to figure out not only is it a great deal, but could you make it a great deal with a simple change? That's the first thing. And the second thing, and then I'll turn it over to Matt, is you talked about you know closing costs. Someone like uneducated economist is going to know what the, the make ready costs are, right? He's a really good feel for the, how they, that's his industry. But closing costs change month to month. So it isn't like an investor can sit back and go, okay, closing costs are always this much money. It's always this much percent. There are times like uh, a year ago where closing costs was everything the, bu the buyer pays. Yep. Now the seller exactly. is going to buy down your rate. It's, it could bring money to the table, could make repairs, like completely changes based on what's going on in the market currently. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think, <clears throat> so it's comparative analysis, right? Which is, understanding, you know, when somebody lists something, you all eventually get to a point where you know that when you see a number on a house, when you just look at the ad, that you know, it's a good deal right away. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't even have to run the numbers and that comes from repetition. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, this is absolutely the most valuable thing that you can do is understanding, okay, what number does this house work at? Because I think too often people are waiting for that number to just appear in MLS. Yeah. And then they go at list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're like, yep, this one works. I nailed it. I crushed it. This one works. Here's the bad news. There's probably a hundred other people in on that deal. There's probably 10 other offers getting written. And that's still in this case. So I think the most valuable thing is understanding, you know, that process and understanding that. I, there's, there are properties that come to market that I really, really like, just not at that number. Exactly. One of my favorite things to watch is the high-end watch traders in New York. Oh, okay. It absolutely, I love it. I could literally watch that stuff for days on end. Is this a show? I have never heard of it. So it's more like six or eight kind of core guys that are oh. big time uh, watch dealers in New York. Okay. Not a show, just a bunch of individual contributors content. content. Okay. Um, and so the, the beauty of it is, is that they're taking a $28,000 watch and it oh. might go to four different places. And the difference between a deal and not a deal is 400 bucks. 
Hmm. And so if you expand that to a house, right? right? And you look at it and you say, it's a $280,000 house. Ah, ah, the numbers don't work on that. The numbers just don't work. Do they work at 265? Exactly. And yeah. if they do, then it's something where it's like, yeah, we can write an offer. And then here's the key. You can feel like you're in the game because you are. You exactly. can feel like you're going to win because eventually you are. And so yep. it's a yep. numbers game. It's asses and elbows, as Mike and I always would say with our teams, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, I want to see asses and elbows. And now you can't say that anymore. Yeah. But yeah. um, <laughs> but that's <laughs> but that's the way it's like, okay, I'm going down to HR for at least nine people. Yeah. Um, but that was the key is you wanted to see people in the seats and going through this process, because when you go through this process, what it does is it unearths and it creates a muscle in you that mm -hmm. says, okay, get over the idea that 280 is 280. It's probably not, but your yeah. spreadsheet will tell you very quickly, Hey, I know what I, I really love this house. I really love this area. I really love this and this and this. Now it's just about, do, can I make the number work? Yeah. So in the beginning, as you're going through this, as I tried to help Simon and of course, helping others watching this in the beginning, the first week, the first 10 days, just grow your list. Keep it going. You know, learn what you don't know. Is it closing costs? Is it taxes? Is it insurance? Then use that as an opportunity to network. But yeah, at the end of the day where you're trying to get to maybe a two or three weeks is to you and Dion's point, Matt, you start running comparisons, right? One, yeah. two, three main street with one little change, the yield, you know, vastly different. And yes. you can play with price. You can play with down payment. You can play with repair costs. You can play with closing costs. You can play with mortgage rates. These other ones here might be more fixed, but there are so many variables that when you are creative, mm -hmm. you can do this. In fact, this is the idea where the 50, 40, 10 creative program came with Stephen Dow, right? I'm like, damn, rates are so high. But what if we took the debt structure? We took 50% at you know 7%, but we took 40% at 1%. That's a blended interest rate of X. You know That's a lower rate. So again, so what I'm telling Simon and thus everybody else watching this is in the beginning, Simon, please get your buy box, whatever that is. Don't be confused. Don't overthink it. Just trust the process. Build it out, document, add dates. I like most people now add dates like date seen, date changed, yeah. all of that. So again, you're trying to get the pulse of the market. Yes. In the beginning, that's step one. Now, step two, again, opportunities to learn. You're going to have to figure out your mortgage payment. Let me say this right up clear. The spreadsheet that comes with the course is an interest only at 6%. Please, 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 please change it to whatever your mortgage payment was. Some people are sophisticated at Excel and they can use the payment function. Others aren't. If you are not great at Excel, go to a website, look at a mortgage calculator, get a payment and insert it manually, whatever that is, right? So again, mortgage payment, insurance and taxes. Again, these are monthly numbers. Mm -hmm. Property management fee, if you have it. If you don't, it's zero. Other expenses, utilities, gardening, snow, whatever. Uh, expenses, vacancies, capital reserves, whatever you feel that you want to have here, include that. So that's your total expenses. Any thoughts on these ones, guys? No, nope, I agree with you that most of those are kind of fixed. Yeah. The only one really that you're going to be able to play with. And again, to Dion's point, it's because of the market we're in today. This would not have worked two years ago or even a year ago. You can have your rate bought down. 
So play with that if you are a buyer today. Then monthly rent, right? Again, you could go to Craigslist or Rentometer or someone else. I generally recommend talking to people. Use it as an opportunity to talk to property managers, other investors, get a feel. Um, then it's just simple subtraction, right? Income minus expenses. Sometimes it's negative. Don't do alligators. I then multiply it by 12 because, again, we're trying to get to a yield. So it's expected yearly cash flow on top, which is called the numerator, divided by your out-of-pocket. Again, I'm very simple. Not appreciation, not discount, not a, a mortgage pay down. None of that nonsense is in my calculation. I know it happens, but I don't care. What's coming in or out of my pocket monthly or yearly divided by the total investment. That just becomes a percentage once you convert that. So that is the spreadsheet in a very, very simple form. Uh, Matt, any other thoughts as we uh, wrap this one up? Yeah. So I think just the extensibility, right? Which is, I think where a lot of landlords are lazy um, and not as good as they can be is, you know, my concept of the rent box. If you're really, really working on that, and that was one of the areas that I recognized in the last two years that I was crushing my competition, is they were still thinking current rents. Now, it's important to keep that in mind because some markets might be going down. Largely, they're not. I know that that's the big misnomer out there because all of us that actually own property aren't lowering rents. And the key to that is making sure that you understand the difference between a Dion's binder strategy rent, which is mm -hmm. getting the most that you can, but at the same time too, not having that vacancy. So yep. he's willing to give up some of the capital in that, in that type of an exchange. Mm -hmm. But I think the other, the other piece of that is then what is real market, right? Yep. And mm -hmm. that real market and being able to really determine and know what that is, that should give people the utmost confidence in working that number into these where you can then really understand Day one, where am I really going to be with this? Yeah. Dion? So I'm going to make a comment about the rents. And, and this isn't some, it's probably something the uneducated economist gets, but I'm going to say this because there's probably people out there like me who didn't think this way in the beginning. And I had to hear this and experience it for it to make sense. We can, on this spreadsheet, we can play with the price. Okay, here's the price that makes sense. This is what they listed at, but this is where it would make money. It might even be more than what they listed. It might be less. We can play with the interest rate. We can shop lenders. We can 50, 40, 10 to get a blended rate. We can play with all those numbers. The one thing we really can't play with is the rent because your mortgage, your, your interest rate, your cost, your closing costs, your carrying costs, don't tell you what the rent has to be. And a brand new investor that hasn't had a, a rent, rental yet is going to think, my expenses are $1,000 a month. I need to make $1,500 a month. And that's backwards. We have to look at what is area average rent. Go with Matt's, get the, the rent box, figure out what would this property rent for? That's almost in concrete. Like it can change based on what the market is doing in your area. It can go up, it can go down, it can stay flat, but we can't take that number and play with it. And we could, we could theoretically, theoretically go, okay, this is what the rents would need to be to make this a good deal, but we can't make that happen. Right. Right. So that's my biggest takeaway as, as on the rents figure out what area average rent is. We go a little lower to pad it to, to make sure we can handle a, a change. But on most of these other numbers, you can actually change them and then figure out how do we get there? Yeah, tweak them. Absolutely. Right. 
Yeah, at the end of the day, again, the goal of this spreadsheet and why I, take, I say it takes 60 or 90 days is ultimately you're going to get to a point where you start to uncover the average, right? Whatever the average is. And when you do that, Simon, or anybody watching this, I want to shake your hand because once you have the power and more importantly, the confidence of understanding average, you can start writing great offers. What does that mean? Let's just say for whatever reason, you figure out that average in your market is six. Yeah, some are five, some are six and a half, but the average is six. Well, congratulations. I suggest you never do an average deal. Now that you know six and you can get six all day long out of the MLS, go get eight. Not only go get eight, but create eight. To Dion's point, play with closing costs, right? Look at, I mean, I don't know what this will do on the spreadsheet, but let's just say closing costs on a deal is $5,000. I'm just trying to, I have no idea what's going to happen. So right now this is negative two. Let's just say for whatever reasons to Dion's point, this is now zero because the seller's paying it instead of you. Oh, it didn't change much, but yeah. Has to be end. a much big, has to be a much bigger number. But the key there though, is that that does really impact you when it comes to what you have to bring to the table which everyone thinks, oh my word, I need $18,000 to close. No, you don't. You right. might only need to bring eight to the table. And so where that really impacts you is now your ability to do a deal. It might be half what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, what I did here just to show, just to make it work this way is I took the down payment. Maybe it's seller financing. You got, you know, you're buying it zero down. You have some repair costs, but you have crazy 12 because you have to pay points and you got to pay all this stuff. Makes sense. Could happen. So right now it's a negative 11, but let's just say the seller paid all that. This better change. <laughs> Oops. I got to hit zero instead of, oh, oh, look at that. That's not right. What's going on here? Oh, it's because it's a negative number. That's why the negative number on a smaller number makes this even bigger. So that's why. The great thing with the spreadsheet is once you learn average and you have a good feel for average in your area, yeah. the great deal will shine like a beacon. Exactly. And your heart will jump into your throat and you'll think, I better make this offer before everyone else realizes what a deal this is. There we go. Here, the, Now that's a positive number, it will behave like I expected it to. Here we go. Same deal, right? Seller financing, nothing down, got some repair costs, got to buy points, all of that. It's a 10% deal, right? That's great. But what happens if the seller paid it all? Oh, look at that. Now it's 41%. Again, this is this is how you the spreadsheet is meant to be simple. As I've shared many, many times, I overcomplicated. My first spreadsheet had multiple tabs because I was calculating everything and everything doesn't matter. It's supposed to be simple. Uh, so, uh, Dion, if you were going to leave a closing thought for Simon, because he will get this video and the spreadsheet, what would you say? OK, I'm going to say the same thing to Simon that I say to everyone else that I try to get to reach financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Simon. You are going to be alive in five years. Start investing like it today. Very cool. Matt, closing thoughts for Simon, your boy. When he's ready, he's going to crush it. No doubt in my yeah. mind. When he's ready, he's going to crush it. I think he'll do awesome. I'm very yeah. interested to see, and specifically his market. I think his market's going to be tough. I think he's got his work cut out for him. So don't yeah. get discouraged. Keep playing. Where exactly? I mean, I know he's really careful about Astoria. where he's Astoria. Okay, so- the really important thing, if you live in a state that has rent control, is learning your local laws. Correct. As, as a matter of fact, in the state that he's in, if it's a house hack, small multifamily, they don't apply to you. 
if it in, and in certain states, if it's a single family house, it doesn't apply to you. So a lot of people are going to say, don't invest there. You have rent control. Well, it does a couple of things. One, know the local laws, but two, it just forces you to raise the rent, the maximum amount every time. Like it, yeah. it kind of screws over the tenant, but it doesn't mean it, it can't be done there because somebody is investing there successfully. Yeah, somebody, yeah. The other thing I would tell someone is um, in this scenario, go learn a story as average. It doesn't yeah. mean you have to be an, a landlord in Astoria, but you should learn the skill, what I call the golf swing. Your driving range, Simon, is Astoria. Learn the skill. Once you can clearly articulate what the average yield is in Astoria, you can take your golf swing to any market around the country. It, because you've done it once, you can do it again. So um, I what I'll tell Simon is we are all here for him. Uh, I would love to see him back in a couple of two, three weeks with a spreadsheet filled out so we can poke around with it, play with it, ask him some questions. Again, the whole idea here is to help Simon if that's what he wants to do, wants to become a real estate investor. But again, our goal on one rental at a time, Dion Talk Financial Freedom, Matt the Lumberjack Landlord, is to help others get out of the parking lot, into the stands, ultimately onto the field. And you do that by doing the work, networking with the right people. So guys, thank you very much. Simon, you got this. We are here for you. Take care.